basically, um, there was a group of about, from what I understand, 300 uh, reclaim reclaim protesters and about the same number on the anti-racism side as well. So uh, at about 10.30 in the day, both groups gathered uh, in Melton um, with the lines heavily drawn with the police separating both both groups. There was also about 500 police there as well to keep everything contained. Um, so both groups formed either side of each other and began chanting, doing speeches as they usually do. Um, throughout the day, the police tried to keep things separated. There was obviously shouting back and forth between both sides. Um, one thing that we noticed was that when the scuffles broke out, which have been heavily reported by the media, it hasn't been between the two front lines of the groups. What was happening was the police left the rear of the anti-racist protest completely exposed, allowing uh, allowing Reclaim Australia members and, and other groups to come and abuse people, the anti-racist group from behind. That um, was completely unprotected and left the group completely exposed. Um, and that's where all the scuffles broke out, really. Now, that happened throughout the day. It, nothing really happened aside from the odd scuffle, at which point, by the end of the day, the police decided they had had enough and allowed the Reclaim Australia group to march towards a park and have a celebratory barbecue while keeping the entire anti-racist protest completely kettled and, and stopped from doing anything. Now, there was a lot of talk from Reclaim Australia that the uh, the local community there were uh, completely on their side and they were opposed to the mosque as well. Can you talk to, I guess, the representation of the, the community in Melton? Were there a fair few people coming out uh, on the side of the anti-racists? It is completely impossible to tell who, who were the locals and who weren't. Um, no one... It, you can't identify exactly where someone is from unless you were to go and ask them. Um, from what I understand, there was a lot of local support for the left-wing group as well. It's interesting, though, I would... From what I understand, and to just make an assumption, I would say that the majority of locals, uh, well, people who identified themselves to be locals of, of Melton, were on the Reclaim Australia side. And that's interesting because of the tactics that Reclaim Australia and the UPF have been using, uh, where they've been going to these smaller country towns, obviously with uh, lower socioeconomic areas, and uh, organising support from there. And it's, it's, it's funny that they do that. It's working out quite well for them. They're getting a lot of support where their numbers have uh, drastically dropped when they've held, held rallies in uh, Melbourne. They're really able to pick up on some of the uh, feelings of discontent uh, within these these uh, poorer communities and uh, kind of create a scapegoat with, uh, with Muslims and Islam uh, within these communities. And so they're, they're using this uh, existing anger in these, these neglected areas and hijacking it for their own cause and purpose. Indeed. Now, around the country, overall, the numbers of Reclaim Australia uh, supporters and United Patriots Front supporters were down. But uh, of course, there uh, still is this growing uh, rise and, I guess, threat from these uh, these fascist movements. In recent times, we have seen uh, them 
I guess, take their focus away from just attacking uh, Muslim people, but also attacking the left. Uh, there was one woman who was assaulted in the, the middle of Melbourne recently, and uh, they've also made appearances at various uh, left-wing uh, organizations and events and so forth. Here in uh, Perth, they've attended a few rallies uh, trying to provoke people and attack people. Is this something that is, is happening more regularly in, in Melbourne? And uh, how do you think, uh, I guess, it, it can be stopped? And how do you think, um, you know, we can ensure not just that uh, Muslim people are not being attacked, but uh, others in the community not being attacked by these people? Well, definitely. There has been a very noticeable increase in these sorts of uh, events happening. Um, like you mentioned, the assault uh, on a woman who was recognised off UPF propaganda um, as being a, one of the Melbourne street medics. She was uh, assaulted in, in the Melbourne CBD uh, a few weeks ago. Um, as well as also the UPF and uh, going and intimidating the 3CR community radio um, and also the Melbourne Anarchist Club. Um, and that's why it's so important to oppose these rallies, as if they're left to go unopposed, all that allows them to do is push the, uh, the scope of political discussion further right and sort of um, normalise the extreme right and their beliefs and also provide justification and confidence for these people to commit these sorts of attacks. We've noticed a huge increase in you know, Muslim people being abused and assaulted on, on public transport and in the city. Um, and so it's really important that we go and show that that is not the case. It's, it's not acceptable. The majority of Australians are completely against that sort of stuff. And it's important that we are able to bring, highlight that and bring it to main, mainstream attention that this sort of stuff is going on. And to talk there, I guess, a bit about the, the confidence of uh, particularly the UPF who out and out, you know, people like Blair Cottrell do identify as uh, or at least uh, empathize and sympathize with uh, neo-Nazism. Uh, you know, Blair Cottrell famously said that there should be a picture of Hitler in every, uh, in every school around the country. Historically, you know, in the UK and elsewhere, anti-fascist movements have uh, always had an element of not just ideologically opposing fascism, but physically opposing the fascists on the streets. Whether or not we're at that stage in Australia or not is uh, certainly debatable. But could you speak to, I guess, the, the pros and cons to, uh, you know, actually physically confronting fascists when they mobilize at rallies, but also when they attack individuals uh, in the streets of Australia? Yeah, definitely. So... I guess one of the main arguments you hear against violent confrontation against the, these sorts of groups is that it's, it's giving the, them the publicity that they crave and, and need, and it creates you know a spectacle for the media to play on and, and makes make, and also there's the argument from the moderate left that it makes them look bad as well and makes them look like left-wing extremists, which is just a bit ridiculous. It's important to confront them because these these rallies that they have, uh, they're a show of force. They're designed to intimidate and occupy a community and, and target certain members of that community and make them feel unsafe within that. So we need to show that the physical, they're not going to intimidate Muslims, left-wing anyone physically that's not going to be a way for them to achieve their means they need to understand that that's that's never going to be the case here um obviously what's happening in europe and overseas in terms of the violent confrontation is is much 
much more extreme than what we experience here in Australia, on both sides of it, um, with with not just the the fascists but also the anti-fascists uh, retaliating and attacking against them. So, no one wants to see that come to that kind of level here in Australia. So it's important to stamp it out while we can. If you look at some of the fascist uh, examples of fascism throughout history, the, the leaders of those movements have said, if we were if we were crushed in the beginning. We would have never, we would have never succeeded. Um, one example, I guess, of that, that that everyone likes to to discuss and cite is is Mosley with with the black shirts in in England in the 30s, and and they were just completely dis- they were run off the street, and they were never able to get a strong foothold within the mainstream political landscape in England after that, and also with the co- it coincided with uh, the war against against Nazi Germany as well and and fascism became well out of fashion. Just finally, Barry, before you go, I mean, as as we said earlier on, uh, there were, uh, I guess some of the numbers for Reclaim Australia were down, but at the same time, uh, support for the UPF is growing. I mean, just on Facebook alone, they have, uh, you know, 25,000 likes or more. And of course, you know, a lot of them are probably uh, people from outside of Australia. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are anti-fascist that are just following the group to, uh, to have a go at them. But it, it does seem worrying that, uh, you know, that these movements are growing. I mean, outside of, uh, I guess, just Melbourne and looking more broadly at the circumstance in Australia, what do you think uh, could be done to build a genuine anti-fascist and anti-racist movement? Um, I, think, I think that the most important thing would be to try and have people understand that uh, there is no risk of Islamic extremism really occurring in Australia at this stage and letting in Muslim refugees isn't going to increase the likelihood of that ever really happening. Um, as well as that, it's important for people to understand that the problems that they're experiencing in in their day-to-day lives and the, the problems that they see in the world aren't due to radical Islam as such, like the media and the government like to portray. It's more to do with... Uh, I suppose capitalism and, and the current economic climate that we find ourselves in. And so it's important to really push that out there that number one, there is no real threat of extremist Islam. And number two, that the problems that they uh, really see as being problems within Australia that aren't, aren't being caused by Muslims or immigrants either. So I think the main thing we need to push is, is information um, to, to people that maybe aren't entirely aware, because there, there are definitely problems that need to be addressed, but I do not believe that Islam or Muslims or immigrants or refugees are the cause of those.